Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. America has a massive bread problem. It is incredibly hard to track down high-quality bread in that country. Hello and welcome to episode lucky number seven, Home Alone 3, Tim, Guy, Alex Pruitt, Alice Ribbons, Burton Jernigan, Earl Anger, Mr. Poupray. Beaupray. Poupray. What's <laughs> po- uh Potpourri. Potpourri. Mr. Potpourri. How how do you can you spell Potpourri? <laughs> oh it's gotta be French. No idea. Which means no. I'm not I, even gonna attempt. Do you know, that. I think I think I've looked this up before. P O P Popa A. R, I, Potpourri. I think it's like P O T, P O U R R I. That's fucked. Sh- should we resolve this right now? Probably, yeah. Nah. Leave it. Leave it open. I reckon. Ooh. It's Schrodinger's spelling at this point. Neither of us are wrong, and both of us are. I just checked. One of us is right, and he's <laughs> called Guy Montgomery. How that the fuck sense. about that? Um, so I watched the movie in virtual, well, it's not really virtual reality. It's with a VR headset though. You went down to Um, the cinema. Do you know, I already knew that. that. I was in correspondence with your wife. I told her to send you that picture. I said, um, has he laughed? And she said, no. I I laughed once. You want to know when it was? Yeah, yeah. It was an old shining light. Things are looking up. Ah, yeah. And then he falls through the floor. That is a um, the beautiful. That's nice. It's pretty. It's pretty impressive to be caught off guard by a piece of slapstick you've seen six times. Not caught off guard. It was almost recognition of my own appreciation of it previously that made me laugh, which is devastating. Were there any moments uh, the inverse of that where you didn't? (laughs) Tim's taking out his frustration on the table. By the way, if you're wondering what that. Uh, that thudding sound is it's Tim whacking the end of his cock against the podcast table. Yeah, sorry, I'll put that away. That's uh, <laughs> it's not kosher, is it? Uh, um, th- things that caught me off guard, it's the attention to detail, Guy. It's the little moments that the filmmakers have put in there that you don't notice um, until you do. Like the fact that 
the crazy out maybe this is obvious actually maybe this is just me being a moron but the outfit that earl anger is wearing after he gets uh electricity coursing through him and it burns through his clothes and after burton jernigan gets a lawnmower that's operating fall on him because he's pulled those like those shiny dance platform shoes down yeah. That's the outfit he's wearing. He's wearing those pants and those shoes, and he's somehow found the um, the matching suit jacket for it. It's a nice little example of um of Hughes's fish in action, where it's not something that they tease at the start of the movie and don't use later. It's something that they introduce late <laughs> in the movie and continue to use throughout the rest of the movie. <laughs> to no it's end. A- it's the same. It's like the cracker that uh, Mr. Popery has in his pocket you see him putting it in there earlier in the movie just like why even fucking bother to add that detail well, why do we why do we need the origin story of the cracker film critics wanted to call uh, Hughes's fish Hughes's cracker because the cracker is so heavily used and implicated but the fact that it's actually followed through with later in the film rendered it moot unusable uh, i i had a moment Tim, where i and i haven't brought this up yet is it a shining light was yours a shining light no is the answer. You can't recycle shining lights, not round these ways. Also, I want to say, God willing, you and I will be watching this film fucking side saddle soon. I um, I'm looking forward to that. That's all I wanted to say. I hate. Tell me, your shining light. I it's it's like you got in the shining light myself. vehicle, but then it was out of gas or the battery had run flat or something. I checked, the glove, up, I, check, I checked the glove box and there was someone else's everywhere. rubbish in there. Um, no, my, my shining light was uh, a piece of acting by Harveland Williams, of course, Alex's mum, another powerhouse from her, where Alex called the police the first time and she's come home and he explains what happened. She goes, and I called the police. And she's like, you called the police? And then they're standing out in the front of their property and they're looking uh, over where the police are arriving at the house over the road. And Alex looks up at her and she gives Alex a really warm, reassuring look that says, I'm here. Everything's going to be okay. I love you. You're my main priority no matter what. And it lasts for less than a second. Then he looks away and she looks over at the action as well. And her face immediately shifts from, I've been holding it down for my son to, you know, quite... um, noticeable concern and i just thought even though the 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 shift is seismic enough that i've observed it it's uh it's subtle enough that it really reads as a fantastic piece of acting and um a a credit to harveland well done catherine o'hara o'hara that's her name eh? catherine o'hara b diet light brand l-i-t-e i actually in turn, uh, I, f- I found her really frustrating moments later when the cop was explaining to her that uh, the police, calling the police is a serious business and you've got to take the police force seriously. And she is left to explain that Alex actually loves the police. And uh, he was given a police set for Christmas last year and he really went to town on using it over his family. Not with real crimes, of course, but just like people snoring, etc., cetera, etc., cetera. That's a part of the movie that's really, to me, feeling like we don't need to be, um, we don't need to do that read anymore. That line doesn't need to be in there anymore. I, for mine. Here's why I like that bit. Because there's a couple, that's one of the examples. There's a couple, couple of bits in this movie that shows John Hughes, the writer of this film, not the director, the writer, his blatant disregard for authority and need to mock the constabulary through cinema. 
through that showing speech. Them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because it's um, I think it's very funny. Because what she what she says is she goes, "Oh no, no, Alex does take the police seriously," and then launches into into the spiel about him dressing up like a little six year old police officer oh, arresting the family. I like that angle. Eight year old. I, by the way, watched the first half hour. Of yeah, this movie yeah. With Let, a, hey, hear me out. Hear me out. It was two Christmases ago. Oh, fuck. She says it in the line. That is detailed and efficient summary and analysis of the Home Alone 3 world. You really know your uh, Home Alone 3 lore. That's what I was. I was. Can I bring something up? Yes. He's shaking his head and now he looks worried. This is the beauty of video chat. Absolutely. You can bring something up. Who are you, Christina Aguilera? Am I giving you, you mixed Your messages? voice is saying... <laughs> your body's saying no, but your, your voice is saying, oh, let's yeah. go. Um, here's the thing, man. Home Alone 1. I'm going to mix up which one's which. I'm pretty sure... Sh- yeah, I think this is right. Home Alone 1, you've got the scary man across the road who shovels You're having snow. fun. Yeah. Home Alone 2, nice to see you. We've got the pigeon lady who's very freaky in New York City. But in both cases, you have this like growth or character arc where originally Macaulay Culkin's scared of them and then, or Kevin McAllister, and, and then like the end of the movie is always this heartwarming moment where the the very like kind of mysterious and like urban legend figure becomes a friend um especially against the wet bandits of harry yeah. and marv in this the closest thing we've got is mrs hess but is no at no point is she like mysterious or evil enough for there to be a flip of it. yeah they really and she never the, saves them the sinister angle uh like she at the airport she seems quite uh, highly strung and like she'd be you know <laughs> how does how does she get a lift on that thingy young man <laughs> the luggage car yeah yeah you you, you got any uh luggage miss no floor it is there a thing can you just do that i think at a certain age and with a certain level of confidence that obviously mrs hess has you can um not after 9 11 though we're not allowed to do that anymore not in the airports you're not allowed to what fly without bags ride those no just jump on one of those um airport staff car things you're allowed to fly without bags Sure, absolutely. Not internationally, though. That's going to raise eyebrows. Domestic that's bullshit, fine. isn't it? What if you just go? And, what if you just buy a new set of clothes everywhere you go? That's normal. That's what a normal person <laughs> would do. Go to a second-hand uh, store, buy the clothes, sell them at a second-hand store. Wouldn't be that expensive if you lived like that, eh? It's slightly more work, but it's also a lot of fun. Yeah, it's baller. Plus, you wouldn't look like a tourist anywhere because you're always dressing in the native outfits. <laughs> yeah, I just what I do is I go and I buy five of everything at the um, souvenir shop on the way through the airport, like the duty free. It's good. I buy yep. t-shirts that say Australia in various different shades or hues of green and yellow. I blend and they say, in. That'll be a thousand dollars. Thank you, sir. And I say you that's say, not going to be a problem at all. I'm going to get the money back when I sell them to you guys on my way through the airport. And they say no. <laughs> I go well. That's okay. I'll sell them to a second hand store anyway. I make about ten dollars back. But uh, yeah, Mrs. Hess, her um, redemption arc, or sort of the value that is extracted from her while she's set up as this eccentric sort of 
um, red herring of a heel, I guess, or an opposition in the in the movies. It's uh, again, it's not seen on camera, and it's not seen in Home Alone four. Let's get on the floor. It's in Home Alone three and a half. Take a look at the staff. Shove it up your ass. It's the value she provides to the families around her as the intricately knowledgeable and um, just, you know, invaluable advice she dispenses to married couples who are having trouble recognizing each other's sexuality. You're getting uh, into stuff unmarried- that's off camera, though. It's barely alluded to in the film. It's only because we're very clever that we figure yeah, that out. Yeah, we are. We're it's fucking, not your typical viewer of this film. We're fucking clever, bro. Hey, Tim. I got two. I got uh, a, a real pick a path for you here. I've got two angles you can take. One of them involves you discussing the merits of an observation I make, and probably eventually espousing your thoughts on uh, psychosilicon mushrooms or hallucinogens. Uh, the other is a conversation about one detective agent Stucky. Man. The um, psilocybin chat is is so tempting that I detect a trap. So I want to get stuck into Stucky. All right. Well, I've gone to the trouble of sort of outlining what an episode of Stuck with Stucky might look like. Was that on the last episode or was that last episode? That was the last was episode last we epi- did. I'm pretty sure the episode that we lost my audio for was pretty middling anyway. I don't think any important business got I seen think, to them. I think so. all of the episodes are of a very high quality, but what would I know? Very. I just compared to the rest of them. These, this is all award-winning stuff. I think we're going to get a Pulitzer at the end of the season this time. Yeah. Um, you know, or Pulitzer, as some people incorrectly call it. Puling the wool over Mr. Zitz's eyes, because uh, while this is a high-quality podcast, I don't know that we're going to be winning any awards for pulling. Uh, what do you get it for? Journalism or writing a book? <laughs> this exact. Do you know what I used to know? Shit. I used to know, and then a very high-powered government official in America got it confused, and he got bullied for it, and then I have been caught in the muck and the mire of the confusion. Stuck with Stucky. It's your favorite sitcom. Here's the theme song. Some agents are sharp, some agents are blunt, but you've never been stuck with a useless cunt like Stucky. <laughs> it's Stuck with Stucky. That's very good, but I thought we were going with um, Steeler's Wheel. Oh, yeah. Yeah, this, sorry, this is the closing credits song. Either way. Okay. I, I like your one. I like your one a lot. It's always good to have an original theme. Um, what I'm imagining is a world where it's uh, it's the same Chicago. Oh, it's not the Chicago office. I don't know where these offices are. Where are the FBI offices, do you reckon, Tim? Oh, fuck. Langley. Langley. How many high rises you got in Langley? Three. Used to be four. Let's not get into it. Let's not. Stucky comes into work in Langley. He says, Good morning to the receptionist and then he walks into his room he's got a conference room that he operates out of it's full of his charges the amnesia agents and in front of them all he pours himself a pipe <laughs> I and- forgot I forgot what the plot of this was <laughs> that's right <laughs> yeah <laughs> he's got very good okay an, yep an army of underlings who just you know <laughs> They're a nightmare to corral, and he pours himself a piping hot cup of bean juice from the, the you know the coffee machine, and he says to all of us, the MD agents, we've got a big day on our hands. There's a plan for terrorists to steal a fleet of helicopters from the helicopter building right over the way from us, and he points over the way, and one of the other three high-rises that's left in Langley is, of course, the, the helicopter 
uh, sales building where they keep all their helicopters on the the roof. It's because sometimes uh, the propellers take a while to start off, so you got to kind of push them off the roof, and then by right. the time they it yeah, helps yeah, yeah. get them going. <laughs> yeah, that's how helicopters take off. And uh, the amnesia agents say, "Whoa, whoa! Who are you? Who am I? What are we doing here?" And he's got to go through all the fucking rigmarole of saying, "I'm Detective Agent Stucky." We're at the FBI. You're an army of valuable agents. And their values increase. The amnesia is obviously frustrating. But the fact of the matter is you can give them highly classified information that is site-specific to different cases that they can carry with them for as long as they're performing their jobs. And come 24 hours from then, their memories are wiped. That is a very difficult quality to find in private eyes, spies, detectives, police officers. Anyway, it says... Who he is, he says, we're at the FBI, you know, I'm I'm in charge here. You guys just have to listen to me. Trust me, everything's going to be okay. And while he's doing that, he accidentally uh, spills, because it's so hot, he can't really drink much. He spills some of his three-quarter full cup of coffee on his white shirt. And so he goes to continue talking. He's in flow. He goes to continue saying, so anyway, let's get to it, guys. We've got to, we've got to keep an eye on this building. Uh, all of the amnesia agents, they no longer recognize him because of the, the coffee stain on his shirt. And they keep going, who are you? You're not Detective Stucky. And he's going, no, no, I, I, I am. I'm Detective Stucky. And they go, no, we, we, we don't know who you are. Detective Stucky was wearing a clean white shirt. Who's this guy? And Stucky goes, oh, nuts. And he has to leave. He leaves the conference room. And he goes uh, down to the, the toilets. And he's in the bathroom and he's cleaning, he's cleaning himself up and he's obviously instructed all the amnesia agents to continue waiting for him. And he's cleaning him. And it's one of those stains where the more you scrub it, the wider the stain gets. It's not yeah. actually cleaning through the stain. If anything, he's creating a brown shirt. And uh, he keeps cleaning it and cleaning it. And he goes, oh, this is no good at all. And eventually he, he takes his shirt off. So he's now just wearing his under singlet and his tie. And he, he goes back to the conference room and he walks in there and he goes, all right, guys, it's me, Detective Stucky. And they go, you're not Detective Stucky? And he goes, yeah, I am. And they go, no, no, Detective Stucky was wearing a white shirt. And he goes, oh, I got coffee on that. And they go, no, there's a different agent wearing a coffee, a coffee stain shirt. And he goes, no, guys, you got to listen. They're going to steal these helicopters. And they go, oh, he's here to steal the helicopters. Get him. And all of the amnesia agents, they pounce on Detective Stucky. And then Stucky's underneath this mess of these amnesia agents. And then his boss comes in, whoever that is, and he, he leans through and he sees behind the mess of bodies and Stucky pinned underneath them trying to defend himself, he sees a fleet of helicopters taking off from the uh, the office building over the over the way. And he goes like this. He goes, Stucky! Some agents are sharp. Some agents are blunt. But you've never been stuck with a useless cunt like Stucky. It's stuck with Stucky. I'd watch that. Well, it sounds like a adult we, swim. It sounds like something Tim and Eric would make. <laughs> it sounds like Beef House, but a cop show. What is Beef House? It's fucking good. I watched the first episode the other day. It's basically like um, Full House, but if you kind of were on mescaline. Sounds good. I've watched uh, Full House quite stoned. Don't know about all that. How was what the reboot or the OG? The OG. I went right back to the beginning, and um, it's it's interesting. Isn't it's it interesting. dark how the whole thing is premised on their mum having just died? Right. That's why the two uncle Jesse and Joey. Uh, wait, yeah. Joey. The first and- the first episode, you see Bob Saget's mum leaving, so she's been supporting the family, 
and right. he's like he's ready to you know get on with his life and she's like i stick around and the kid's like oh and he's like no mom mom you gotta go you gotta go and she's like playing the kids off being like they need me anyway they, they leave and then joey and jesse moves in and jesse gets his own room and joey's like giving a fucking rollout underneath the stairs Classic. and uh and then sort of chaos ensues from there. Bob's got to go down to the radio station because that's his job. And then the uncles are left to look after the kids. And uh, some late 80s, early 90s version of hilarity Yeah, ensues. Do you remember when Danny Tanner landed the Good Morning San Francisco TV show? Within the series? Yeah, it's fucking it's a huge move for him. It's really good. I was so happy for him. I guess that would change the hours he keeps. Uh, that would have an impact on the home life. I, I would hope that they covered that sort of thing in the sitcom. Did they do that, Tim? He he was doing breakfast radio, wasn't he? So it'd probably be pretty similar hours. And I think that um, Aunt Becky was like co-anchoring with him on the on the sh- it was like Wake Up San Francisco or something. Would you watch a news show anchored by siblings? <laughs> they um they're not siblings because I think Jesse is. Okay, Jesse is John Stamos, Danny's widow's brother. That's right. And Aunt Becky is not related by blood to any of them because I think that's just Jesse's partner, right? Ah, oh, does Jesse get a partner? Wait, is that right? I think Aunt, it might how be. How does Aunt Becky fit in? Well, either way, I'm less interested in <laughs> sifting through the Full House lore to make Wait sure that we've got Aunt the Becky's... family tree. No, hold on, hold on, hold on. Tickety fucking Now that we're boot. here. Now that we're here, Aunt Becky's the one who went to prison for like paying to get her kid into college, right? Oh, no, I thought that was um. Oh yeah, no, she is. I I I, <laughs> I always think of Felicity Huffman. Yeah, there's a few of them though. Yeah, that's so funny. You're rich. Yeah, it's a funny reason to Your go to prison. Your kid doesn't eh? have to go to that college. You fuck. <laughs> anyway. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction. And free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Um, would, you, would you be more or less likely to watch a news show anchored by siblings? 
Um, probably more just because it's an interesting angle that I haven't seen before. I'm trying to think of a single dang show that's been anchored by siblings. I can't, none, none's coming to the, the top Osmonds. of the Nice. And, and there was a really good twist on that one because they were siblings who fucked each other. Whoa, dude, that's not true. That's and not it, what happened. And if that's, didn't the, do that. if that's the sort of thing you like, i got to tell you. you got to check out something called porn. Donnie and Marie Osmond like that? That's disgusting. They entertained America for decades, you fuck. What have you ever done? Uh, I've watched Home Alone three, seven times, <laughs> you fucking asshole. What have you done with your life? Man, you mentioned this earlier. Um, as in, It was like a trip to the movies. I had such... It was such a shit sandwich because I put it on and just the novelty of like a big screen experience was like I was back at the movies, which was thrilling considering we've been locked indoors for so long. I'm so craving going to the cinema. It'd be oh, so nice. Aren't we all, man? And then, but then it got revealed that the big screen movie I was treated to was Home Alone 3 again. And that, that, was, that was tough to what take. Was the, what was the last movie you saw at the cinema before the world changed? That's a good question. I can't remember. Um, probably something quite like popcorny, big, um, like a Marvel or something. Yeah. Was it good? Did you enjoy though. the experience? I, I can't remember what it was. I think it was something. Oh, this probably wasn't the last one, but I saw the um, Birds of Prey, Harley Quinn. Oh yeah, and you quite liked it. Yeah, I did. Yeah, it was all good. It I, wasn't. You know, it had a few little bits that irked me, but I thought it was really fucking cool because it was just balls out. I went and saw a movie. Anyway, we're not here to talk about that film. I saw a movie called The Lighthouse. I went by myself to the cinema. You went to The Lighthouse by yourself? There must have been rough. Have you seen it? No, I've seen the shorts for it, though. It looks very beautiful. It's black and white, right? With, yeah, it's uh, black and white. With my face sake, Willem Dafoe. Yeah, Willem Dafoe. And hey, I've never, I've never seen that. Yeah, dude. Hardcore. Willem Dafoe mm. and Robert Pattinson. And it's a, it, it was a weird movie to see. In fact, someone on our YouTube pilot has commented beneath it saying the New Zealand remake of The Lighthouse looks pretty good. It's these two guys <laughs> who they're pulling a month-long shift on this remote lighthouse on an island off of New England. And then they never get relieved. And so they're just there for an open-ended. It's probably a bit of a presage for some of the times some of us find ourselves in. But uh, it was... Here's what I want to talk to you about, Guy. There's a parrot in Home Alone 3, and it is oh so smart, but even smarter than we first thought, because at the end of the movie, after um, sort of joining in on all the chicanery with Alex Pruitt to trick all the bandits, well, they're not bandits this time. Bandits are just that they're like lovable rogues who are, you know, putting some trinkets or a woman's jewelry into a sack marked with a dollar sign on it. These guys are gun-wielding maniacs trying to chase down a, a missile chip. Yeah. Um, but the parents help. an eight-year-old. And a very smart parrot. That's the, the name parrot... Of, that's the name of my autobiography, by the way. What's that? Outfoxed by an eight-year-old and a very smart parrot. And it's all about not bad. how one time when the world went into a global quarantine, I decided to watch Home Alone 3. Doesn't make for a riveting blurb, but no, it's, I guess it's, uh, it's going to be a failure. I'd, <laughs> I'd pick it up if it was in the bargain bin. The bird in the end... Ends up bargaining with Mr. Poopery Poopery. And ask and asking for two crackers in place of the one that uh thank God the filmmakers showed us 
has been right. in his pocket the whole time. Or else Hugh- that did really bug me. Hughes's cracker. I'm familiar with the concept. And then, um, but here, here's the kicker, right? We've already seen Mr. Poupre break that toy car, and that's the thing that the parrot rides in and out of the igloo <laughs> on. So he reassembled the toy car and got the controller and strapped that onto it, and then got on top of that and drove it around. That is that's fucking a smart talking for a bird, parrot. Man. It's not just smart; it's fucking specific. That is such a strong way to fuck with someone who is going down. While we're in the igloo and dealing with Mr. Potpourri and the parrot, I'd also like to talk about the power of Stan's fireworks. From what we see, Alex digs into a tiny little sort of toolbox assortment of loose-end fireworks that he laces this igloo that's inexplicably on the property with. The explosion sends chunks of ice and an entire paddling pool or something that's inside Yeah, yeah. Absolutely flying. I would love to know where Stan gets his shit. Yeah, stories in the in the sky. About three or four stories. This paddling pool gets launched. It's absolute insanity. The guy's dead. That's what I thought this time when I watched it. I was like, "Wow, that guy's dead." But he's he's not. The guy is. Um, where does he wind up? He winds up. Uh, the, he he goes to prison. Uh, all of them. Yeah, go to, they all prison. go to prison. And what I love about all the mug shots that do. That's how the movie closes. For anyone who's not familiar or curious or any of the above. They all go to prison, and while they're in their jumpsuits, you can also see they've all got the chicken pox because none of them had caught the chicken pox when they were kids, obviously, so they've all caught them. And I would, that's, that's very dangerous because I think Mr. Poupre must be pushing 45, 50. Yeah, I would argue that uh, the makeup artists took that last day off work. This is one of those films that was shot chronologically, and by the time that they were doing the credit sequence, a lot of production weren't there because these are some of the most hokey-ass chicken pox I've seen in a movie that is littered with the worst fucking chicken pox makeup I've, I've come across, really. Which is crazy when you consider how much budget's been spent on the tricks and the goofs and the stunts and the trampolines and whatnot and the fireworks, the pyrotechnics. Can you give me, a, give me a budget breakdown, Tim, in terms of what we see on camera, percentage-wise, what goes into the booby traps, what goes into paying the actors, what goes into set dressing, etc., etc. I think I looked up how much this movie cost. Do you remember what I said? No. Does 35 mil sound... I think it, it was sounds, more than that. That sounds ballpark. Let's say it's 35. I reckon 10 is cast, 10 is stunts, 10 is um, chicken pox makeup, mm-hmm. and four million, $5 million uh, goes to John Hughes for writing it. Everyone else is on points. Wow. That's crazy distribution. It's incredible this got made. Was no one in in a union? (laughs) Not in the mid nineties, man. It was a, it was the wild west out there in Hollywood. Yeah, an absolute wild west Hollywood. An absolute fuck fest. This is the horniest season of the podcast we've done, and I will take eighty five percent of the responsibility for that. Tim, I'm glad you're. There's a quote. Hey, while we're speaking about Mrs. Hess, yeah. Oh, we weren't, but I like that that's where your mind goes when you're thinking of being horny because of Home Alone 3. How crazy is it that no one checked if she'd had the chicken pox or not when she was going to babysit Alex and already had? She's quite old. I reckon they've already cleared that off camera. The assumption is that all the adults have had the chicken pox. Like that last, there's a button, that last chicken pox reveal. Alex seems to be asking it pretty earnestly and she takes a moment to think about it. Mm. 
It's not like a, I told you earlier, Alex. I would, it's I would love sixty to, years. I ago. would love to crush with anyone as hard as she crushes with her Herbert Hoover joke. It shits me to this day. You never will. Thanks, bro. Um, I've got a question for you. This is a quote from the movie, and when I heard it, I thought about it, and I thought this is bigger than Home Alone Three. This is an interesting observation. It's one that's true, and there's it's analogous to the experience of taking hallucinogens, and you know, set and setting, and whether or not you're gonna have a good time or a bad time. Uh, after Alex has rattled off, this is you know, Hughes's fish in terms of advertising. That he's a precocious kid. He's rattled off a variety of things he could hypothetically be afraid of or could concern him while he's home alone without the chicken pox. Uh, he says, what about my imagination? And the mum, Harvillan Williams, says, only you can control your imagination. And Alex says, that's a scary thought. Would you say that, can you identify that experience at the start of a, a trip or within a trip when your mind starts <laughs> throwing, oh, okay. throwing stuff up at you and you're like, why is this happening? And you're like, oh, well, because I'm doing it to me. And then you think, oh, that's not good. As long as you've got that knowledge, I reckon that's that's good knowledge. That's powerful knowledge because it means you've got the toolkit to get out of it. It means so, if you made it, you can you can take it away. So so long as it's happening to you, by you, and you, uh, I think it's empowering. Mm. You and you're you're you you're a big fan of moving towards the the challenge, eh? Oh, you should. Everyone should be. You have to be. That's how you have a bad trip. Like you fight it. one. You if you start fighting stuff, you you fucked. So is it's not going to work. Is every thought occurring for a reason? You got to make the mindset that that is true in the moment. You got to go, yeah. Just say yes to everything. Just the old thing is, it's like if there's a set of stairs, climb them. If there's a door, open it. If there's a monster, find out what it wants. Everything's there to teach you something. Yeah. And if if you start getting scared of the monster. Or start trying to get rid of the monster, you're gonna have a bad time. Yeah, you need to engage with it. You made it. How bad can it be? Um, Tango with the monster. Also, there's another quote that he said, which is, uh, "He's wise beyond his years." This kid, he says, uh, when his his mum apologizes for for something, and he says, "It's okay. It's not you. It's the times. It's the times." Yeah. It's when she says, I'm so sorry, honey. I hate to be coming in and out like this all the time. And as he's putting her coat on, on a little cute set of stairs so that they can look eye to eye in the kitchen, which we kind of assume is there so he can make his own lunch, while he's continuing to spread the jam on a PB&J sandwich that his mum has started making for him, he says, don't worry, mom. It's not you. It's the time. I can't remember if it's something I brought up, but every time she says, I'll make you a sandwich, I think, fuck, this kid's going to get an absolute belter of a sandwich. And every time, she just undoes the lids on the PB&J. And I'm like, don't fucking tell me you're going to make me a sandwich and then do the bare that's minimum. A fuck, that's a marketing scheme, eh? Americans have been shortchanged by this very successful advertising campa- campaign that putting peanut butter and jelly on white bread constitutes a sandwich suitable for a child. That is so lacking in any kind of nutrition, it actually makes me worried to think about. That, that has been normalized as part of the culture. It is incredibly high in sugar. I mean, white bread by itself, 
you know, you want to go you know, easy on while you're a kid. America, you're just putting raw fucking jam on that. America has a massive bread problem. It is incredibly hard to track down high quality bread in that country. I pretty much stopped eating the stuff while I was there. Real? Do they not have just normal run of the mill brown bread? They as, don't, as a matter of course, they do, but it's all full of sugar and it tastes like shit. They've got no respect for bread. And that's fucked. It's a staple. Yeah, it's at the bottom of the fucking pyramid, <laughs> which is another scam I want to talk about. <laughs> that fucking food pyramid was made by Big Bread. Yeah, which is a staple, by the way. Unrelated. I'm not even kidding. That's true. The fucking food pyramid, the one that we're used to, was invented by bread makers to sell more bread. That's legend. Why the fuck would carbs be on the bottom and not vegetables? It's legendary. It's, it is legendary that they did that. Like, what? <laughs> that's like, what is Big Bread worrying about? It's like Coke running a smear campaign on budget cola. <laughs> You've got or this. on water. Yeah, it's like Coca Cola coming out against normal drinking water. It's just it's beyond the pale, but it's that kind of aggressive yeah, move that yeah, fucking yeah. ships yeah. units, eh? Yeah, that's how you get to be one of the big sure. Boys. You should drink water from time to time, but it's no replacement for Coke. <laughs> yeah, you want to watch yourself. You're um, filling yourself up with valuable Coke space on that, that pesky water. You want to save yourself for Coke. Make sure you put Coke in the Coke space. Yeah, don't be a fucking idiot. Hey, that intrigues me that bread's fucked in America. Didn't know that. Well, the more you know, Tim. We've, we've got good bread here, eh? Dude, We're proud of our bread. Everyone's, we'll making, right. everyone's making their own bread now. Bread is like... Bread underlines everything. I was just thinking then, how the fuck can bread be making a comeback? It hadn't even gone anywhere. Yet everywhere yeah. I turn, it's like, oh, bread's big now. I'm like, oh, it's big yeah. now? What the fuck have you been eating in the morning the last 30 years? There was a blip when there was a lot of dietitians and stuff coming out against uh, carbohydrates and whatnot. Dude, the big three for me, bread milk and eggs make your fucking mind up my whole life i've just been hearing you gotta have a lot of this whoa easy on that stuff who's swinging out against milk i don't know big almond (laughs) (laughs) those cucks tell them to take a a bike ride yeah well you tell me a you tell me a and a milk almonded this i don't know i was trying to do a joke we're fucked, eh? We shouldn't do um, this podcast like at night and what feels like a winter night, but it isn't quite yet. It's autumn, but it's all like I went. It's um, cold. We've been locked indoors for Tim, weeks, and I went, we're just sitting around watching Homeland Three again. It's fucked. I went for an ocean swim today. Was it rejuvenating? It was so good. The only problem with my day was I had to uh, drive quickly back an hour from a beach on the west coast of the North Island of New Zealand because that's when I had to start watching Home Alone 3. But the swim, my God. Yeah, yeah, by the way, if you're listening and you haven't seen Home Alone 3, check it out. Be sure to check it out. My boy Alex Pruitt, fucking... Great movie. Great times. How do you think we're going? It's a lot of fun. What? How What? How do you think we're going, like mentally, right now? Not good. Uh, not not an all-time high. It was no episode five, I'll tell you that. <laughs> Fuck, the heady heights of episode five. My God. Dreams My of free. Word. Ah, you live and you learn. 
Um, do you want to say anything about Mrs. Hess, or are you good? You started saying something about how horny this movie was, and I thought you were going to get into a Mrs. Hess diatribe, but then I interrupted you. Here's the thing with Mrs. Hess. She gets it. She gets it. She gets it. She gets it. In a way that a lot of people weren't getting in 1997, in a way that a lot of older people, octogenarians, weren't getting in 1997. She is an open-minded whiz. She's a minx. She's pansexual. She is not above inserting herself into situations or relationships for the betterment of the group. I've got a lot of time what's, for her. What's going on with her at that airport, man? Oh, dude. What do you reckon? She's coming back from San Francisco. She's so lightheaded she can't remember to fucking pick up her bag of bread on the other side of security. But we, is the situation that she has zero luggage, but she bought a, a loaf of bread to bring back? Like That seems kind of... um. Legendary? No, like the sy- symptoms of someone suffering from dementia, perhaps. Absolutely not. It's the symptoms of someone who knows that you can't get high-quality bread in the Midwest. Illinois is a fucking dead land for bread. It's the behavior of someone who has spent seven days absolutely on dingalings, pingers, uppers, downers, whizzers, <laughs> sucking and fucking her way through San Francisco. She Jesus made it to the Christ. airport. She picked up a loaf. It's a very liberal area. It's a very liberal part of the country. One must partake. It's a tax write-off. It's called a research trip. She knows what she's doing. That bread represents the sanctity, the security, and the comfort of her home life in the upper-middle-class suburbs of Chicago. Okay? It's not just a loaf of bread. It's a fucking lifestyle. That's what's going right. on with Mrs. Hess. All right, good. Asked and answered, Your Honour. Um, well, I think that'll about do it for us. But rest assured, uh, this movie doesn't get any better when it is strapped right in front of your eyeballs in a device that is emulating kind of three dimensions, but more just bigness. It's a device emulating bigness. That's what big movie will do to you. Um, it's been a pleasure. It's been a privilege. To have your company, Tim. To have your company, listener. Th- things to look at. Oh, wait. Did I do a shining light? Sort of. No, you just dug up an old shining light. It, w- it was the parrot. Like, the parrot is what it was in my head, but I don't think I said that that was the shining light. But it's the fact that the parrot reassembled the car. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it's a good move. It's petty. I respect it. Hey, look after yourselves, everyone. And, um... And also go fuck yourselves. But the hijinks don't stop. And the poop jokes. Then I said, who's discount David Schwimmer? Then he said, and the score is great. (laughs) Then I said, the main bad guy? And he said, the brother and the twin combo. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.